own doctor said, listen, nothing is going to protect you more than the mask itself. So what he said. He said, the vaccine is only good for a short amount of time. He said, why do I send you all the time for a flu vaccine, which you never get? <laughs> yeah, he wrote my case about it. He said, I tried to get you to get it twice a year. You know, you're supposed to get every six months. I said, every six months? He said, well, in your case. I'm like, what, what's wrong with my case? <laughs> what are y'all giving me a half a dose? And so I come twice a I got it. So you have, so I have to pay more money. <laughs> I hope my doctors watch this today. <laughs> but I'm Amen. telling you, I'm telling you. Who is the who is the ultimate physician? The Lord Jesus Christ Himself. Yes, yes. Amen. So how do we renew our minds? Paul gives us a, a, a talk here. He, he sternly talks to us about, about renewing our minds. One, by turning out negative information. I think if you can start discarding all the negative information that starts going on, you start turning it out. I think it's, it's one perfect way of renewing your mind. Yep. By spending quiet time with God. You see, when you spend quiet time with God, He begins to talk to you. You begin, you begin to hear from Him. You begin to understand what He's saying to you. You begin to understand what He's wanting you to think. By developing a consistent devotional life. Now, I'm not going to point you out this morning. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. But how many of us actually have a daily devotional with the Lord Jesus every single day? Amen. Yes. Most of us do. Some of us try to. And some of us wish we could. I don't know what category you fit in, but I'm telling you, if you want to renew your mind, take time to spend with, with the Lord Jesus. Have a consistent devotional life, reading and asking the Lord God to show you what it is he wants to show you for the day. By refocusing on Bible promises and rejoicing in them. By attending church regularly so that the Bible teachings bring spiritual growth. I don't know about you, but, but I need to be around people. My family will tell you, I, I look forward to church. I look forward to every time I can get together with the blues because it, it, it encourages me, it strengthens me, it brings it brings joy into my heart, and then I, I can pray for others. I can see how others are doing. These are ways that we can renew our mind. But while Paul really emphasizes here in this passage is a call to surrender your will. Oh. Pastor, you just had to go there this morning. <laughs> you just had to go there. Surrender your will. Surrender my will. Do you have any idea what I'd like to do this week? Do you have any idea what I'd like to do today? Surrender my will. That means that means I'm gonna, I may have to do some things I really don't want to do today. 
may ask me to do something during my nap time. <laughs> Jesus may wake me up at 3 o'clock in the morning because of something somebody said. What good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You see, our stubborn wills crave satisfaction in the world. John tells us in 1 John 2, 1, 15 through 17, Love not the world, nor the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Well, that's strong right there. I mean, John gets right to the point. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. So don't confuse one with the other. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof. But he that do the will of God abideth forever. Amen. See, we like to we like to leave out that part. Because the will is a strong thing. Yeah. You ever had a strong little child in your home? Oh, yeah. Know what I'm talking about. You have a strong oh, here's here's the one. You have to have a strong-willed adult child. Yes. Yes. That makes it even rougher. Yes. Tell you right straight up, no, you don't got to tell me. I know. <laughs> Ooh, excuse me. <laughs> you have no idea what I've been through. Oh, of course not. Fifty-seven years old, I wouldn't have an idea what a twenty-four-year-old has been through. <laughs> I never was that young. I came out this old. <laughs> it amazes me. <clears throat> the older I get, the less I know. Right. The younger they are, the more they know. Yeah. Oh yeah. I gotta talk to Jesus tonight after church. <laughs> Somehow I gotta get this reversed. I got I gotta get more knowledge. I, I gotta get younger, I guess. Stubborn wills are bent on pleasures. The lust of the flesh. They're built on they're 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 bent on going here and there and, and, and satisfying self and being happy about going here, there, and doing this and that and and and, and they're they're forgetting about. The flesh. They think it's easier to go enjoy and have fun. You got to do it while you're young. What? When you get old, you can't do it anymore. I don't understand. I can still travel. I'm old. I can travel. I remember when Virginia and I took a cruise a couple years ago. There were some there were some people on the cruise boat. 
I think they were young. They were probably in their early 90s. <laughs> holding hands, walking down the side of the boat, and like they were in love. And they and they were spry. I mean, they weren't like walkers going like this, you know. They, they were just moving right along, you know. They were just they were happy. Stubborn wills are bent on possessions, the lust of the eyes. I gotta have a bigger house. I need a I need a nicer car. I need this, I need that. It's always want, want, want. I need, I need, I need. How about being bent on looking for Jesus? Looking for Christ to come. Seeing what God is going to do. I'll take whatever God gives me. Have you ever said that? Whatever God wants me to have, that's what I'll have. If I'm not meant to have it, then God won't give it to me. But see, we have, we have, we, the church has now been groomed people with this political incorrectness. God wants you to have the desires of your heart. You desire something bigger and better, then God's going to give it to you. I tell you, that irritates me to no end. It irritates me when I hear a pastor on TV when they tell them that they have seven beautiful cars in the driveway, one for every day of the week because God wants them to drive something nice. <laughs> they can't fly commercial. They have to fly in a private jet because, you know, God doesn't want them to mingle with people because, you know, somebody on the plane could be demon-possessed and that would just totally mess up their sermon when they land for the speed that night. I disagree. Yes, I believe God wants to bless his children. Yes, receive the blessings of the Lord. But, the, but have it with the right thinking. The right theology. Stubborn wills are bent on self-examination, the pride of life. Ooh, how many have examined yourself lately? How many of you got up this morning and said, Lord, look at my heart. What, what's not right there? Just fix it. Oh, you didn't do that this morning. You got to oh man, I'm getting late to turn the engine going. And just started rushing off. Church, I think we need to examine ourselves more often. I think we need to, I think we need to humbly and with humility go before the Lord and ask him to change what is inside of us. To stir up and, 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 and to help us to have a, a new outlook on how we see things. So when you are out in society, when you are out in the world, and you come across this a couple who needs help, then the Lord begins to say, I want you to do this. Some people say God doesn't even speak today anymore. God doesn't. That was the Old Testament stuff. God doesn't speak anymore to people. But I believe he does. <coughs> I believe there are people out there that, that need to hear that Jesus loves them. And the only person they're going to hear that from is those who love Jesus Christ. Truly, wholeheartedly, willing to sacrifice 
everything within them to help them. The world and its lusts are passing away. None of the worldly things have value. Several years ago, I had a phone conversation with somebody from our church who's now gone to be with the Lord. And we were having a discussion about satisfaction. And so let me tell you what Bob said to me. I wrote it down after our phone call. I wrote down this little piece of information. And I kept it. As we were wrapping up our conversation, because Betty said he wasn't feeling well, so I had called him, and I, don't, I, I guess Betty was out or something, I'm not sure what thing, but he said this. Satisfaction comes when the will is surrendered to God. I thought, how profound, how profound that was. And so I jotted it down. I, I thought that was a pretty profound statement, and so I wanted to keep it. Little did I know, several years down the road, I was going to use it. But satisfaction comes when the will is surrendered to God. How many of our wills are surrendered to God? How strong is your commitment to Christ? If you asked yourself this morning that question, how strong is my commitment to Christ? Are you willing to surrender all to him? Now let me be careful here and say this. Sometimes surrendering your all means being up late at night. Him waking you up early in the morning. Him desiring you to step outside of that comfort zone that we have. You know, we all have this comfort zone around us. Six foot. Sometimes you have to leave that six foot comfort zone. Yes. And you'll have to enter into somebody else's life. Doing something out of the ordinary. Yep. To be extraordinary for Christ. Church, I don't know how else to put it, and I can't, because I'm not Jesus. But Paul says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, I plead with you, I beg of you, surrender all. Christ is not looking for half-hearted Christians. He's looking for totally sold out, born again believers. He's looking for people who are willing to lay it on the line. 
You've heard the old saying, put up or shut up. Actions are louder than words a lot of times. And as that letter from Lisa expressed to me, my actions were louder than just going and saying, why don't you get a job? How come you're not here? Why don't you go get welfare? Why don't you do this? There, I could have given her a lot of other options. But that's not what God told me to do. God said, feed them. I'm like, God, I'm driving home. I had a whole day at work. I don't want to do this. I'm driving past. I'm talking to another friend on the phone, and I was telling him about it. And I had snapped a quick picture of the guy holding the sign, and, and I said, he said, well, why don't you go back and talk to them, see what their story is. I'm like, I'm on my way home from work. I've been toting a lot of five-gallon buckets today, and I just, I just want to go home. He said, yeah, but go back and see what their story is. I'm like, why are you provoking me? <laughs> to the point of turning around and going back. You see, sometimes the will of God causes you to let go of the things that you have when you release them to someone else. As I told you a couple weeks ago, I remember when, the, when I got the sandwiches for the, the family and they, and they, and they got their, their sandwiches and they, they sat down at the table and those, those two little girls, they, they ate those sandwiches so fast like somebody had vacuum switches on their back. I never seen little kids eat so fast. But that's the world we live in. Say, hey, listen, we're going to pay somebody's light bill today. Well, how much is that? I have no idea. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> That'll wake you up. But to have a wife who says, or a spouse who says, okay, that's what God told you, then that's what we got to do. And you move forward. And you move forward. And you take the next step. And you take the next step. See, I would have been happy with that six foot comfort zone. I would have been happy just to feed them and go on home. Thinking, ah, I did a pretty good thing. But that's not what God expects of us. God expects us to do the full, yes. perfect will of God. And nothing short. So when you say, I surrender all, are you truly surrendering all? See, some of us think we're surrendering all, but we're holding on to a couple little things because it's insignificant to Jesus. Jesus says everything about your life matters to him. Every tiny little thing that goes on in your life matters to him. And he wants to be involved in it all. Yes. So the question this morning, are you willing to surrender it all? Are we willing 
to surrender it all? Are we willing to give up things? Are we willing to let go of things? 